Okay, so I've got a few more things to do. I've got a few more bits to pack into my case before I head off to the airport to Kosich tomorrow. Very exciting. Uh, the World Championships are starting very, very soon. The Stanley Cup playoffs, of course, are still... I think they're still going. I'm, I, I think they are, anyway. Um, Claire has left it to me this week to tee up the podcast. Uh, so I thought it would be nice to bring along a person who uh, I'm going to be spending an obscene amount of time with over the next week or so, uh, Mr. Matthew Day, who has been on a podcast before. He's a giddy Dallas Stars fan, which at the time of recording this podcast, Matt, the Dallas Stars are still in the playoffs. Just about. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> so does, that, does that tell you how confident I am? Yeah, well, um, I mean... You're in round two, so this is uncharted territory for me as a Leafs fan to talk with any authority about. But uh, as a veteran of losing in game seven in round one, I can say that uh, it's it's not a nice position to be in when you've given up the opportunity to win in game six. No, and I think I think the way that game six went, we didn't play well. Uh, refereeing decisions and, and whatnot didn't go away either. And I think I've finished that game feeling pretty pretty low um but yeah we'll we'll see anything can happen in a game seven it's a uh it's a tough time to be an nhl fan the fatigue is fully uh fully hitting you when you're trying to follow it from afar as we all are um let's get the podcast underway we're going to talk a little bit about the world championships that me and matt are going to we're going to talk a bit about the Dallas Stars, of course, and their incredible run. A bit more just about the playoffs in general and how we're talking about teams like the Stars and the Canes being potential Stanley Cup finalists and all of the crazy stuff that has been happening in the NHL in the past week. Okay, so now all the formalities over. Uh, Matt, how am I going to survive in this hostel? Do I need to bring? A, <laughs> uh, do I need to bring towels? Do I need to bring? Yeah, you need a uh, towel. Do they provide shampoo? Um, no, come on. No. This, okay. This, this isn't your five-star luxury that you used to. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going to learn a lot over this next week. I think I could. Uh, this could be. I could grow as a human being. I think there'll there'll be there'll be growth. There'll be, you know you, you're gonna, you're going to meet people. You're going to have a good time. Don't worry, you'll be fine. So we're heading at an obscenely early hour on Thursday this week to Kosich, which I didn't even know existed as a place on the planet um, until we looked into doing this trip. Um, we've got tickets for a load of the Team GB games in the group stages. Um, unfortunately for us, they're going to be playing the likes of Team USA, Canada, Finland, teams like that. And I don't know about you, Matt, but the probably the most enjoyable thing in the build-up to this um, has been seeing the rosters coming out of all of the different teams. And it's going to be quite something seeing all of these NHL players playing for their countries. Yeah, and, and some of the youngsters as well. So there's a couple of the top draft picks from this year that are going to be playing Jack Hughes and I always get this the wrong way around, but is it Capo Caco? Or Capo Caco. Yeah. Oh, if, if only uh, Blair was here, <laughs> favourite favourite of all the draft picks. So they're yeah. they're gonna go they're gonna go head to head. Um yeah. so yeah, it yes, should be they really are, good. aren't they? They actually are gonna go head to head in the group stages. Yeah, so it should be really exciting. Uh, I was having a look over the rosters today, actually. Um, yeah, and I think the the Canadian and the, the USA ones really, really stand out as, as being good. And we're going to get to see both those teams. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. I mean, it's bittersweet when I'm looking through the Canadian roster and I'm seeing the likes of John Tavares there and, and players like that who, quite frankly, I, I wish were busy and doing other things right now. Uh, like your Dallas Stars are. So no Dallas Stars, obviously, going to be making the trip. And the reason for that is because they have got a Game 7 to play, which you're on the eve of a Game 7, like Claire and I were the other week. I, it's kind of harsh for me to ask you how you're feeling about it, given the fact that you may well be, this knowledge may well be out of date by the time you listen to this podcast. But 
you kind of alluded to at the beginning, but how are you feeling heading into game seven? Um, <laughs> I would say quietly confident, mm. but, but not expectant of a win. I think, yeah. as I said in the intro, the way, the way game six went, we didn't, it was probably our worst game that we've played um, in the whole series, if not the playoff so far. Um, I think we've, the, what, the kind of thing that's got us through this far has been the attitude, the, um, the work ethic, um, obviously Ben Bishop, uh, yeah. been a massive part of that and the big boys have stepped up but we've got scoring from other other areas as well which didn't happen in the the regular season so um i think if we come out and play our game um and we can be physical play fast um then i think we can win we've actually been better on the road in the playoffs than we have mm. at home uh, which again is unlike the the regular season um so it could go anyway, but the Blues, I've, I've been really impressed with them. I really have. Um, I think they're a really good side. And I think whoever actually goes through from this matchup, I think is going to be set up really well to, to take on either the, the Avalanche or, or the Sharks. Amazing hearing you talk about some of those teams who are still in this <laughs> and how many, how many of those big name teams have disappeared in those early rounds. And you look at who's left and we could have a you would never predict the stanley cup final that is going to happen out of any of the teams that are going to happen this must feel like an opportunity for the stars to potentially win the cup if they get past the blues yeah i think i think the wild card teams are 28 and 16 or something like that in the playoffs <laughs> now which is just That's crazy mad. um mad. i think it's a massive opportunity for for well, all the other wildcard teams that are left into the Canes and, and the Avs, I think um, on the West side, the, the Sharks, we've, we've spoken about goaltending with them all, all, all year and, and they're somehow hanging in there just by scoring uh, more than the other team by one every time. Um, mm. But uh, they, they've got a tough game seven against the Avs and I can see that going either way. Um, how, key, how key have your stars been? In the, in the Stanley Cup players? Because that's been a conversation we've had on the podcast before about whether it is really the stars that are ones that show up and get you through the rounds in the playoffs. I think they've been, they've been massive. Um, like Sagan, Ben and, and Radulov have really stepped up um, and, and are performing most nights, apart from maybe game six. Um, yeah. But it's actually the... Um, it's the it's the other the other players, and I was I was thinking about this with with the Avs and and probably um, the Sharks as well. You know, people like Hurtle, um, people like Tyson Barry. Um, mm. For us, uh, Dickinson and Hints have been been superb and have picked up points and goals. And I think you've you've got to have your stars play well, but then you've got to have other people step up. Um, you've got to get goals from from everywhere. So I, I think you can't win a Stanley Cup without the stars performing, but you need the rest of the team as well. Yeah, and of course, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about your uh, your owner talking in <laughs> very uh, very not so so pleasant terms about your your star players. Has it been? Was that a turning point in the Dallas Stars season? Um, I don't. I don't know how much of a, an effect it's it had. I mean, it's been a wild season. I'll say that much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, with everything that's happened, um, with with that, and then the announcement of the Winter Classic, and then just scraping into the playoffs, and um, you know, trading for Zuccarello and him breaking his arm in his first game, and all <laughs> all sorts. It's it's been it's been wild. Um, was that a turning point? I think. If you if you ask uh, Jim Montgomery, he he seems to say that the All Star break was the the key, right? Because um, Jamie Ben and Sagan uh, met up with um, Montgomery and the the coaching staff, and they had a meeting to discuss the true identity of the team, and they mm. decided in that meeting that we would be a defensive team first of all, 
and then yeah. we try and we try and just beat teams by a, by a goal. And after that, we started playing some really good hockey, and the whole team bought into it. And I think I think that was more of a turning point than um, than the star players being criticised by by Jim Lights. So I think I think the criticism was I think I said at the time it was kind of valid. Neither of them were playing brilliantly. Yeah, but but top players like that don't generally go a whole season without playing well in in parts. So I think at some point they were going to come good. Has that has that been the case then? Have you been winning games by one? Yeah, I mean generally in the regular season we were winning by by one goal. Um, maybe yeah. getting the odd empty netter, but it was it was a defensive. I mean, look at Ben Bishop's stats. Yeah. <laughs> we kept teams to below two, three goals a game, and that was that was how we got through. Um, and that's kind of carried on to the playoffs. That's how we've had success in the playoffs. And I did, I did think in the stretch. I think I might have mentioned to you um, in a message. We were playing some of our best hockey, and I, I felt it was like it was playoff style hockey. It was physical. It was fast, and it was tight. It wasn't. So, so that, I think that that goes down to the the mentality that we've seen from the stars in these playoff series that they have never panicked. They've gone behind mm. early a lot. We've we've conceded the first goal in every, nearly every game. Um, we've been um, holding on to a lead in the third period twice or three times and really holding on, but just stayed calm, never panicked. Um, and I think Montgomery's got to take a lot of credit for that. It's his first season coaching. Um, he's come out of college hockey, and you know they don't they don't play eighty two regular season games in college hockey. I mean, this is this <laughs> has been massive. So um, yeah, the way he's dealt with it has been been incredible, really. Does every when just hearing you hearing you talk about their season? Does every excuse and every reason in there to 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 kind of not be in the position you're in now, like you know, a rookie coach, uh, a kind of up and down season, uh, you know, your stars not performing, and then your Rona going on a rant, and all of this kind of stuff. Teams have been derailed by far less than this in the past. And what's interesting about you guys and the Dallas Stars this season is that hasn't derailed your season. And if anything, now you're dealing with the adversity of the playoffs in a far better fashion than some of the other teams who perhaps had a had a a calmer run into the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I think I think maybe some of the adversity that we've come through this season is is paying dividends in a way. So maybe maybe the criticism of of the star players was a was a turning point. Um we'll never really know how much that's that's affected them. Mm. Um but yeah, it's the calmness. I mean, I, I've I've massively criticised Jim Neil this year. Um, probably got some tweets that somebody's got copied somewhere. Um, I'm sure, I can I, find them. <laughs> I mean, I thought at the trade deadline we hadn't done enough. I, I mm. thought I st- probably still think we we're, we're one one piece away from being a real contender. Um, but I think. In hindsight, looking back at some of those trades, the one that has made obviously Zuccarello has been unbelievable, but um, on des, on defence, Ben Lovejoy, um, he's made a massive difference to our penalty penalty kill, um, and and that's been another big big success in the playoffs. I think we didn't concede a power play goal against Nashville, and I think we've conceded three against the Blues, um, so. But when you when you listen to Lovejoy talk, he's just a really experienced hockey guy who just speaks sense. I could listen yeah. to him talk all day. It, there's <laughs> there's a couple of videos on on um, on the Stars uh, like website, and yeah, he's he's just brilliant. So the experience he brings to the dressing room, he's got a Stanley Cup ring um, with the pens. So. That experience being brought in, when the trade happened, I thought, that's a terrible trade. And then actually, the experience he's brought is probably a big factor in in our success so far. 
when you're talking about defensemen that you acquired and how uh, you know they were the difference maker, I was very worried you were going to say Roman Polak was that player, and I was going to break down in tears as a he. Who... He surprised me this season. He really right. has. He's he's not. I mean, he he's played with Miro Heiskanen and nearly all year. They've been has he? together. Yeah. They've been paired together nearly all, every game. And just to give people context who might not know who this guy is, this is a this is a big kind of tough defenseman who the Leafs had uh, on their books for a few years, and and it was one of those players who everyone got frustrated with the reason why he's even playing for them, and it was kind of seen as a Mike Babcock stubborn stubborn moment keeping him in there, and then Leafs fans couldn't wait to see him disappear, and somehow we. You know, it was seen from our side anyway that we managed to get something for him from Dallas, which was just bizarre. But you're now telling me that he's been playing with your uh, young protege. Yeah, and he, he's, he's not been he's not been brilliant, but he's not been awful. But I wouldn't say he's been good. <laughs> right. He's, okay. he's he, he's done a he's done a job. He yeah. he really has done a job, and in, and there's been some games where he has been brilliant. And there's others where he's been terrible, but he's he's done a job. And I I dare, I I'd, I'd go as far as to say he's probably taught Miro quite a few things about, um, you know, defending and and physicality and stuff because Miro's not a big lad at all. No. Um, but he he's got an he's he's learned he's got tougher as the the years gone on as you do because you get more experience, but. I think playing with with Roman and also having that guy there to protect him a little bit and be a bit more physical yeah. has really worked really well. And both yeah. of them have managed to stay um, healthy all year, so they've they've stuck together and it's been a pairing that's that's worked. I think Miro maybe would have been a, a colder um, candidate if he wasn't paired with Roman and their plus minus was slightly better. Um, uh, that's interesting. Because I think the plus minus is pretty pretty bad, and that's not really reflective of of Miro's defending. Because when you mm. when you see him play, his work with the stick, his poke checks and things are just incredible. He's, yeah. I've never I've never seen anyone poke check so much and just get his stick in the right place. Um, yeah, and and I think yeah, had he, had his plus minus been a bit better, um, maybe he could have been a candidate for that. The Calder this year, I mean, has been blown wide open by uh, by Bennington in in gold yeah. blues and and his incredible story. I mean, he probably, you know, there is an argument saying that he took Heskinen's spot as a Calder uh, finalist um, because of the incredible second half of the season that Bennington's had between the sticks for St. Louis. So you've had a chance to kind of see him a lot more in this series that you've been following, uh, you know. How impressive is it watching a goaltender? It's one thing watching Ben Bishop do it with all of the many years' experience and all the games under his belt, but to watch a rookie perform at the level that Binnington has done for St. Louis in these playoffs has just been outstanding. It has been incredible. It really has. I, I was, I, I thought going into this series because because in the regular season. Um, I think we beat the Blues twice or three times. I think it was, and I thought, you know, we can we can get a Binnington here, like, you know, young goalie, second round of the yeah. playoffs. But no, he's he's he stayed calm. He stayed really calm. And there was one game where um, we got at him. I think it might have been game four, and he lost his cool a bit, and he slashed Bishop and and got, I think he got a double minor for slashing and one for um, unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, <laughs> really. Yeah, and actually, when he was playing for the Blues affiliate in the AHL against the Texas Stars, um, Texas scored, and he slashed the goal scorer, uh, and it started a whole brawl, and he got involved, and and yeah, so they they showed that on the on the uh, on the broadcast, but I've, I've, I'd already seen that, so I know he's got a, a hot head. So mm. it was um it was kind of let's try and get out. But he he's he has kept cool, he's made some brilliant saves, he's he's won games for St. Louis and it is it is incredible to be doing this in your first season, but to be doing this when you've only had half a season really. Yeah. Uh, in the NHL is is pretty incredible. Yeah. Have you have you been enjoying 
the playoffs? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think because of the style of hockey that Dallas play, every yeah. game is tight. So yeah. there's there's only really been one game against Nashville where we we exploded for three or four goals in the first period, and and that didn't happen in all eighty two regular season games. Uh, I think we actually had the lowest number of first period goals in the regular season by quite some way. No, really. So so I think yeah, it's it's tough to to watch because the games are so tight. Um, but I've enjoyed it because I wasn't really expecting it. I wasn't. Uh, you know, halfway through the season, wasn't even expecting to be in the playoffs. And then, to be honest, I didn't. I th- I thought we. I think I flipped between saying we'd beat Nashville and and we wouldn't, and mm. we did. And now we're in a game seven with the Blues. We've taken them all the way. So, and they were the hottest team going into the playoffs. So, yeah, I I've enjoyed it, but it's been tiring. Yeah, <laughs> it's been really tiring. I think that was how I felt with the the kind of round one I although because it wasn't such a shock for the Leafs to get into round one so I kind of felt you know it got to the point where I knew that was going to happen and then of course the storyline with Boston meant that I would did not enjoy that series at all and spent the whole time worrying about what inevitably would happen and did happen so how have you enjoyed watching the Bruins in round two I can hardly watch it and especially the fact that now they've won it's even harder you know, I was I was the biggest Columbus Blue Jackets fan outside of Columbus. Um, you know, after that series, I can't I can't imagine that there are any supporters other than the Bruins fans that want the Bruins to win. No, this maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I I often think of them as a far more unpopular team than sometimes I'm you know told otherwise. Um, but I think people do still like the brand of hockey they play. Um, and it is changing. I mean, they're, they, you know, against the Leafs, they were, they were hardly the kind of big bad Bruins that their reputation uh, goes before them. Um, but I, I always felt that I, if the Leafs got to round two, that was the one I was going to enjoy. Like, yeah. regardless of what happened, whether, you know, whether we were swept, whether we took it to seven, however it was, I was just going to enjoy that for what it was. And I'm still yet waiting for that moment to just sit back and enjoy playoff hockey. Um, so I was just interested to know how you felt like, you know, going through those rounds and whether there's ever been a point where you just think, do you know what? Now I can just enjoy it from there on because every game's a bonus. I, I, there is an element of that, but I think um, the problem is, what is it that they said? The hope, it's the hope that kills you. And oh, the yes. further you go... I've, I have that tattooed on... Uh, <laughs> The further you go, the more you hope, the more you dream, and then the tougher it gets. So, yeah, I mean, I I didn't expect to be here. So, yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable, but I think it's it's got tougher because you start to think we're one game away from a conference final, which which, despite the fact that would mean we have to give the Rangers a first round pick for Zuccarello. which I did say, I think I said in the Slack group, it would never mm. happen. Because when the trade was made, I can't remember the Rangers fan's oh, name. yes. He, I remember that. He uh, made a comment about it and I said, don't worry, neither of the conditions will, will actually happen. Meaning Zuccarello won't sign for Dallas and we won't make it to the conference finals. <laughs> and, and here we are and we're one game away from probably both things happening and them getting two first round picks. Yeah. Would you would you like to keep him? Yeah, I can see why the Rangers fans love him. Yeah, and there's with a the, lot. Of... Bear in mind the price though as well. Factoring that in, would you keep him with the deal that you you signed him to? Um, well, so he'd be a free agent, so we'd have to we'd have to sign him. And there was a lot of talk of him actually going back to the Rangers. So there was talk that a deal had already been sorted for him to get traded away. The Rangers get something, but then him sign for the Rangers in the summer. Mm. Um, that seems to be dying down a bit now and the talk is more of him signing in Dallas um, yeah. and I think I I think he, his value's probably gone up uh, especially with this playoff run um, we've we're going to have cap we're going to have cap space to be able to sign him um, 
So I'd like to think uh, that we would if we could, but at the end of the day, he's, he's a free agent, so it's up, it's up to him. And he must, that must be a huge part, because I remember talking to you before about the Dallas Stars and depth scoring was a big problem at, at points in the season. And, you know, having someone like Zuccarello, presumably he plays on a separate line to, to Ben and Radulov yeah, and he's, Sagan. He's been playing second line with Hintz and Dickinson, both of whom yeah. are rookies. And it's like, he's brought them alive. I mean, Hintz, I get so excited about him every time I watch him. He's hmm. so fast. He's a big six foot four guy. I think he's six foot three, six four. Um, young Finn and he just flies through the neutral zone and it reminds me of of like watching Mike Madano in a way because when he used to fly through the neutral zone his his jersey would be flapping in the wind you know a little bit of hair coming out underneath his his helmet <laughs> and it's exactly the same with with Hintz he, he's just he's changed now he's playing well and confidently with with Zuccarello uh, and Dickinson. They they've got a really good balance, and and Hintz just brings a completely different speed dynamic to our to our game that we haven't had all season really. I know he's been there. He's been in there on and off. He kept going down to the AHL, but um, yeah, he's he's playing really confidently now. I feel like we should move on from Dallas only because everything we're talking about right now, your opinion could completely change. Uh, by tomorrow, depending on And it's on making the, uh... me more nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Um, I just wanted to bring you a couple of other kind of headlines from the NHL um, in the last couple of days. Obviously, um, you know, plot spoiler, the uh, Boston Bruins made it through to the conference final. So that's going to start off uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes because we all saw that one coming. Um, Carolina Hurricanes face the Boston Bruins. That one's kicking off uh, a few days, actually, not too long till that series starts. Ken Holland uh, was announced by the Edmonton Oilers as their new GM in a very, very long GM search. They have finally got their man. They prized him out of Detroit um, after he turned down a kind of president of hockey operations or something like that role in Detroit uh, with Steve Eisenman going there. And a little bit of news that I've just read in front of me uh, is that uh, Mike Babcock is to return as the Maple Leafs head coach next season. Now, Matt, uh, I'm going to bring this up only because uh, we had a brief exchange over this uh, with Mike Babcock and I've gone um, gone back and forth on how I feel about Mike Babcock a lot over the last week or so, as you might imagine. And uh, I threw it out to you thinking that I was just being irrational by saying I didn't think he should return after his performance in the playoffs. Uh, but you actually agreed with me. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised, to be honest. I think if you had a different GM, mm. I suppose that's an easy thing to say, but I think if you had a different GM, he'd be gone. I think... Because um, the, the narrative is all that Dubas and Babcock don't see eye to eye on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, but do Dubas took the fall for everything. I mean, how how did he take the the blame for the penalty kill? I mean, that is just ridiculous. Because he didn't block enough shots. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just from the press box. Just like crazy. It. I think. Yeah. Um, you talked about it on the last podcast. Actually, the the amount of minutes given to the top line wasn't very high. If you look at the rest of the teams that are doing well in the in the playoffs, their top lines are playing nearly thirty minutes or more. Austin you know, Matthews played 18 minutes and 48 seconds is, in Game 7. Which is crazy. Your top scorer in the entire thing when you need goals and you're chasing I mean, the I'm, game. I think no matter what the result is tonight in Game 7, Ben and Sagan and Radulov will be playing 27, 28 minutes. Yeah, Whether because we tonight is their last game. Yeah, Tonight is potentially You've the got last to. time they play. And, and it's, it's not the first time that's happened. And I think you know, you've gone out in the first round again. Sorry, don't mean to rub in. No, that's all right. I'm well aware. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just surprised. Really, I don't see any progress. Um, ov- obviously, the regular season was better, but as well, we it was. Know, we actually finished with less points, which you well, know, finished with less points than the previous year. I think the where the, there is a sign of improvement is that it was widely 
seen, and I'm trying to make sure I don't sound too Leafs biased here, but it was widely seen that the Leafs played better than Boston in that series and yet obviously still lost in seven. Whereas last year, they still lost in seven, but they were, they were outplayed, were outplayed for the majority yeah. of, the, of the series. So I guess there's, there's such a small amount of progress there and a lot of the young players have got better. Um, but I think, I, I don't know whether this is what came down to one of the decision thing, but the Leafs seem to have a coach in waiting in Sheldon Keefe, who's the Marley's head coach. And the Marley's still in the playoffs again, Calder Cup, reigning Calder Cup champions at the moment. And, you know, Dubas and Sheldon Keefe go back a long, long way, right back to the Sault St. Marie Greyhounds. And I just wonder whether, you know, Mike Babcock has been given the, you know, prove it this year and then we'll see out your contract. And then, you know, we'll give it to this guy, Sheldon Keefe, who is, I think, something like, He's paid three times more than any other AHL coach with his new deal that's just come in. So there, there looks like there is some succession plan. But would you hand this team over in its current state to a guy like Sheldon Keefe, who's not you know, coached in the NHL? I don't know. Risky. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's difficult. But then, you know, look at the success that Montgomery is having this year. Yeah. I think that... Yeah. There's, a, there's been a couple of other sort of first-time coaches who've done quite well this year, so you can never tell, really. Um, no. I, I, I am surprised that he's, he's coming back, um, but maybe, yeah, you're right, one more season and he's got to show something, some progress. Yeah. But what is progress? Is progress the second round or has he got to get further than that? It's going to be interesting. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because the goalposts always change. Yeah. Because you would, you would say that. You would say the second round would have been it. But then if you're, you know, that, that was almost with an assumption of, well, you're going to be playing Tampa in the second round. Well, it's also your window for, for winning shifts. Yeah. And it all depends yeah. on what happens in the summer, signing contracts and all of that. And, um, you know, your window can tighten or, or, or widen depending on what happens. Yeah. Although, oh, as we've yeah. seen this, this year, everybody's got a window to win. So <laughs> yeah. with you and Dallas, this is what it must feel like. There's an opportunity here that you would never have imagined because of all the big teams that have dropped out. Yeah, and I th- but I think all all the teams are going to be see- feeling the same. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Columbus are absolutely gutted to um, to be out because I think they they obviously had a big opportunity. They were on a high. Um, the Canes getting past the Islanders, I didn't see that happening. They've got to be thinking, we've got an opportunity here. And then, you know, the Sharks and the Avs as well. But both yeah. of them are playing well, I think. And the, and the Blues, I, I think everybody's got to be looking at it going, this, this could be our year. And, and, I th- and like I said earlier, it's the hope that gets here. And I think all the fans of all those teams that are still in it are going to be hoping and praying because it's, it is so open. I think every, mo- most of the series have been tight as well. Um, you know, I know there was a couple of sweeps in the first round, but, but the, other than know, that, it's been close. Imagine being an Islanders fan. Like, yeah. You sweep the Penguins and then you get swept by the Hurricanes. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just... But then, but then that's a difficult one, isn't it? So was their season a success? Well, I would say so for the Islanders. You see that that thing. I I agree. I think it's a success because nobody really expected them to m- make the playoffs, and then no. they've made the playoffs well, and mm. then swept swept the ends in the first round. But then they got swept themselves. So I think a lot of the fans then think, well, that's not a success because mm. we we got swept. Um, it's it's yeah. interesting that there's. I think there's such a fine line this this time of year between a good and a bad season is is it a season a success or not I mean um, Columbus it's like that's a massive success I think because you got through the first round but they went all in at the trade deadline so is it a success that's very interesting you should say that because I was just looking at a uh, an article uh, from their GM saying there are are kind of some tough decisions to make uh, Yaro Kekalainen said, you know, they went all in this season and they made some big moves. And and now, okay, you've beaten, you've swept Tampa Bay, but now you've lost in round two. So 
if you take the names out and you don't look at the teams, is going out in round two, albeit in game six, is that success for the for the price the Columbus Blue Jackets will have paid, as opposed to, you know, let's compare them to the Islanders who or the Hurricanes who, you know, this they are they're above where they should be. They haven't had to, you know, mortgage their future to get to this point. This is just them almost overachieving. Yeah, I think I think maybe the Columbus fans will think it's been a success because they can always remember that first round <laughs> and how wild it was. We swept Tampa. And they hadn't I don't think they hadn't won a series before that. Yeah, no. So yeah. I think they'll they'll kind of have that, but I think the GM will probably see that it was a failure because of how all in he went. And mm. he really did go all in. Um, and I think I, Claire said it before, hoping that they would do well because it sets a bit of a precedent for every, everybody else to go all in at the trade deadline next year and the year after and show that it can be done. And I think it's it's a shame that that, that story didn't continue, but I think it does show that you can make a move at the trade deadline and it make a real a real difference um but yeah we'll we'll see who uh, who gets through between the the canes and and the bruins i won't ask you to uh, look too much into the west because i obviously know you've got still vested interest at least for another few hours at least in the western <laughs> conference uh, but in the east who would you i I want to call it a prediction, but I kind of think predictions have got to the point where they're pointless. But who do you expect to see in the Stanley Cup final from the East? Oh, man. My bracket is destroyed, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. I got one for eight in round one, and that was that the Canes would beat the Caps. That was my my outside kind of, nah, it'll never happen, but you never know. (laughs) I think I even had a go at that second chance bracket. Oh yeah, and I think that's destroyed as well. <laughs> um, I think uh, who who do I think will get through? So you got the Boston Bruins, who been there, done that, tried and tested team experience. Yeah. Tuukka Rask is on incredible form. Brad Marchand is a piece of work, but hey, he's he's effective. You know, there's all of this stuff going for them, and yet you've just got something about the Carolina Hurricanes who are playing some magic stuff right now. Do you know what? I'd I'd like the Canes to do it. Yeah. Just because uh, it'll really annoy Don Cherry, <laughs> um, and I can't stand that man. Um, <laughs> the the guy who has a go at people for being too flamboyant. Um, yeah, suits I mean, like I, that. I'm not. I'm not saying that I particularly enjoyed their celebrations and and all of that. But did you not? Mm, not really. It was a bit. It, no. I found it a bit gimmicky. But like, but that's just me. I don't. I don't blame them for doing it. They've put bums on seats and. You know mm. they've got success and and they're getting they're getting full full rinks now, um, yeah. but I just think I just think the Bruins they've got they've got enough players there who are winners who've done mm. it before who know you know like we all hate Marshand but he knows what he's doing and he 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 plays that line really well I mean I don't agree with the stuff he does like the, the punch to the back of the head yeah. in this series just gone was disgusting and yeah. should have been punished by player safety regardless of whether it was a hard punch or not um, yeah. you know to blindside somebody with a punch to the back of the head is is unacceptable um, To, I mean even in MMA fighting you're not allowed to hit somebody in the back of the head yeah. you know it's like so I think it's just a, it's just a joke because you know the NHL gives all of this about how they're trying to protect players and particularly around hits to the head. And okay, yeah, I get the fact that that was not a full-blown hit to the head that you would see in the middle of the ice or against the boards. But to an unsuspecting person, that is as dangerous and there is nothing accidental or nothing, no attempt of a clean hockey play gone wrong about it. No, and I think I think when I say he yeah. plays the line really well, he he usually gets the balance just right. So he he's he's dirty, but he's on the edge of getting yeah. a penalty or getting a ban. But it's kind of it's borderline. Yeah. Um, that should have been punished. Um, 
in my opinion. I, I loved the fact that the Bruins <laughs> afterwards, when Bruce Cassidy was asked about it, said, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll deal with it internally. Don't worry." Like, <laughs> yes, all right, okay. Yeah, they gave I him a pat you. on the back, probably. Yeah, I bet you will. Um, did you see? Yeah. Did you see McAvoy's hit? So that was interesting. So that has been. Uh, he's going to have a hearing, isn't he, yeah. uh, for that hit on uh, Anderson? Um, so he could potentially well. If he's having a hearing, then he's almost certainly going to end up with a suspension, you'd imagine. Well, it's um, interesting because he only got a minor, I think, for that yeah. and went on to score. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, it, it, the refereeing decisions do have an effect on, on the game. He could have been, been thrown out for that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you, you look at it and you think, is that really worthy of the same? as accidentally hitting the puck over the glass. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, are we really in a world where that is judged as the same thing? It's, um, it's frustrating because, um, you know, I don't want to go through every refereeing decision that's that's been in the playoffs, but I think it's been so inconsistent. and that, yeah. And that's what's more frustrating. I get things get let go a bit more in the playoffs, but you want it to be consistent. So within a game, so if, you're, if, you give, if you give one kind of, you know, a high sticking penalty for something in, one, in, in the beginning of a game, you've got to be consistent all the way through and give all of them. You know, you give a cross check, you've got to give all the cross checks. And I think um, a lot was made about, um, don't want to bring it back to the stars, but Lindell embellishment, and it was absolutely oh, yes. right. It, it, oh, was yeah. em, it was embellishment. But if the ref calls the first cross check, the yeah. rest of the embellishment doesn't happen. And yeah. if they called the cross checks that happened previously in that period, the embellishment doesn't happen. And I'm not defending the embellishment because I want that. I want that out of it as well. Yeah. Um, but I think consistent refereeing breeds a better game. And yeah, it might mean we have to have a period where there's ten penalties in a period. But I think it will end up with a, a, a sort of a fairer, a fairer game. I think there's been so many talking points with the referees this, this playoffs. Mm. The Vegas one, um, last night, yeah. Dallas game. It's, it's been, yeah, it's not, it's not been good from that side of things. It makes it hard to, you know, and I, I really enjoy it. And I, and I, I am caught in a bit of a tough place because I like the fact that playoff hockey intensifies. Yeah. Like I do, I do like that element of the game. And yet I do find it frustrating that things that would be called in the regular season then go amiss during the playoffs and things don't get called. But I can kind of, I can kind of get my head around that with certain things. But then there is... There's certain stuff which is just borderline ridiculous, yeah. like cross checks to the back where the forward or the defenseman will just end up face planting the blue paint, and and yeah, and I guess this takes us on to the the Liden, Lindell thing because yeah. you know yes, what he did was ridiculous and he's made a fool of himself and I'm sure he probably regrets doing what, he, but albeit he was embellishing, but he wasn't embellishing to a point where nothing was happening. He was yeah. getting hit. Instead of just hitting back, he decided to go down. And you can see a playoffs scenario where maybe a little more tactfully than Oscar Lindell managed, but you can see a playoffs where that will be a, the adverse effect of this non-calls in the playoffs. Players will start making more of things yeah, I think I think because they think they've got to make something of it to get yeah. the call because they're not going to get it otherwise. And, and think... that was that was the terrifying thing about the the Vegas incident is that you know that seemingly was called because there was a player down on the ice with blood streaming out of their face. Like, and okay, now he's not faking that. Don't get, but the referees are calling the outcome; they're not calling the hits, which. It's a dangerous precedent to set, surely. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, we see it in other sports, um, but why can't, and we do a lot of video um, reviews in, in ice hockey, but if if um, the referees make a, a call for a penalty and Toronto can see that it's clearly wrong, mm. why can't they call up and say, I'm sorry, guys, you've got this one wrong. Just have a face-off at centre ice. Because, yeah. it, especially in the playoffs, because it's so costly. You know, that I, I know the argument is Vegas still had the chance to... Um, <laughs> You know, defend, off the penalty. defend the penalty. <laughs> yeah. But the the point is, it should have been a, a minor at best, and yeah. they shouldn't have had to. And I think this the the decisions do have a big a big play, and we can all see it at home within seconds. Yeah. The commentators can see it within seconds that it's the wrong call. So Toronto can see it. So why can't they just call up and say, "You got it wrong. It's no penalty, or it's a minor, not a major." Let's yeah. just let's just go from center ice, and I think just cutting those and say, I mean, regardless of the missed ones, you know, you can't you can't review every missed one, no. um, but I think the ones that they're calling that are wrong need to be kind of flagged up from Toronto. Yeah, maybe who knows? I'm sure I'm sure you and me will be talking one day uh, about how the NHL has lost. I lost all of its appeal because there are too many uh, reviews yeah. and, and calls there in a game. You don't, you don't know what you don't know what you got until it's gone. No, it's so true, and we'll be talking about diving like we are in football and all of that kind of stuff. But it's just the way that's how you are a fan, isn't it? You get to say yeah. things like that and then regret it later. <laughs> well. So finally, let's talk a little bit about the World Championships um, as we are on also the eve eve of heading off uh, to Kosic. Um, we've been seeing a few international games together. Have you, been, have you seen any other ones apart from the ones we've been seeing uh, last year? No, I don't think so. No, I haven't either. So we've seen a couple of Team GB games um, over here. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see a couple of the, the Team GB players like Liam Kirk, um, a couple of other players as well who I kind of know from seeing a little bit of the Sheffield Steelers and Nottingham Panthers and teams like that. But I'm just really excited to seeing the whole spectacle, the whole tournament and seeing and being at an ice hockey tournament because I yeah. don't think I've ever been to anything like that. I've only ever been to individual games. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a major, like a, a sporting tournament before. You know, I, I go to loads of football games and uh, yeah. been to cup finals and things, but not um, not like an international tournament. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting loads of other hockey fans from from afar. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think we're gonna. There's obviously Finland and um, America and Canada in our group, and Germany yeah. and France. So I think. We're going to meet loads of people and, and have good hockey chat. <laughs> it's going yeah. to be great. I'm going to be, uh, I'm taking my Canadian passport. So, you know, to, uh, <laughs> to help blend in with some of the other locals uh, walking around with Toronto uh, jersey. You, uh, you sent me a picture of your uh, case that you were packing earlier on uh, <laughs> yeah. this week. And uh, it's, it's no kidding who you, you're supporting in the playoffs. The yeah, there's quite, quite a lot of Dallas. <laughs> And my GV jersey. Although, depending on tonight's result, I might have to take some of the Dallas stuff back out. Well, that's what you said to me. You said, I'm sure your uh, case looks exactly the same. Whereas I'm, I'm in a little bit of a different stage of my uh, feelings towards the Leafs right now. So I've gone a little bit more reserved. <laughs> I've just gone for one jersey and maybe a t-shirt. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how I feel in the morning before I leave for work. <laughs> Well, it's going to be really good fun. Um, I think we, we might record some stuff while we're there. Um, we'll see how traumatic the hostel experience is uh, for me as to whether <laughs> I'm up to stringing a sentence together or just trying to survive. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And just to put you on the spot, which player outside of the Team GB roster are you most looking forward to seeing? Capo Caco. <laughs> Just so you get to say his name. Well, again. yeah, and also I think there's been quite a bit of talk of could he steal the number one spot recently after his yeah. performance in the under 18s tournament. So, oh, has there? That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, there was a, a little bit of talk. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing 
uh, whether he lives up to the hype and uh, yeah, whether whether he could take that number one spot. So we haven't got tickets for the, is it Finland, USA? Is no, we haven't. Jack Hughes, Capo Caco yeah. game, but they've got, um, there's a fan park, isn't there? Yeah. So uh, there's a big screen. So that'll be a good one to try and watch, I think, uh, just to see those two matching up. What an, what an opportunity for those two players. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, just a face-off against each other in that scenario. Um, well, I need to go and uh, continue to pack and uh, to put all the rest of my Leafs gear into a suitcase. Um, come and join us on our Slack group. Uh, me and Matt are going to be posting stuff in there, I'm sure, when we've got sick of talking to each other about hockey and everybody else in Slovakia. Uh, we will be posting stuff on there. So you can just drop us an email, nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com, and we'll get you in there. It's just a nice little uh, forum where we chat NHL stuff. Um, I want to also say uh, get well soon to Abby as well, because she's been listening to our podcast uh, religiously over the last couple of weeks and she's been in hospital for a bit as well. So I hope you get better soon, Abby. And thanks very much for continuing to listen. Supposedly this podcast is helping you, which I, can, I, I can't understand why, but uh, I'm really glad it is. Uh, yeah, so that's get well really soon. good. Yeah, Matt, thank you very much for coming on this week. Um, no, thank you. As I say, we're going to be spending a lot of time together. It's going to be fun. Uh, we may not speak again after this. Who knows? Depends on the next week or so it's going to go, isn't it? <laughs> You'll be fed up with me by the end of the week. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun and we will talk to you about it on a uh, another episode of NHL Fans Bar. Good luck if your team is still in the playoffs. Good luck to Matt's uh, Dallas Stars tonight against the St. Louis Blues. Um, and good luck to... Well, if you've got a team still left in at this age, just enjoy it because uh, there are many, many fans who the NHL season feels already a very long time ago, at least. Uh, Claire and I, or Claire or I, or one combination or other, will be back at some point uh, and we'll bring you up to speed with the rest of the stuff that's happening in the NHL. We'll see you soon.